and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. My name is Carla. I have been a dog groomer since 2014. Over time, be it before an exam, at the side of a competition ring or online, I have had many a quiet chat with fellow dog groomers who, like myself, struggle at times to balance life, work and maintaining a healthy well-being. My aim is to talk to both professional dog groomers and mental health professionals to help us understand what triggers stress and anxiety within our industry, why so many of us struggle with our mental health and what we can do to help ourselves. I also want to share stories and handy tips to make life in the salon easier. I am not a professional in mental health and I am not qualified or trained to give advice in this area. I am however interested in mental health and what effects our work can have on our well-being and finding ways to help. So, whether you are a brand new groomer or you have been at it for decades, whether you struggle with your mental health or work with a groomer who does, this podcast is for you. Hello and welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers, the podcast. It seems like ages ago since I released me and Pammy's episode, but it's only been two weeks. I've just had so many things on and been so busy in the salon. I hope you're all hanging in there okay. Now we've hit the December rush. It's Saturday night as I'm speaking and I currently have 51 dogs standing between me and Christmas. And although I did manage to sneak in three nights away last week, that already seems like weeks ago. So, I just wanted to remind everyone to take care of yourself. Give yourself an extra long hot bath. Eat as well as you can and try not to overbook your days where possible. Keep yourself hydrated, try and rest up outside of the salon and don't beat yourself up. We are all groomers and we all know what it's like. So reach out to your fellow grooming friends and be kind to yourself. But, back to today. In this interview, I had the pleasure of talking to Cheryl Howard and Costin Stoika. I read a few weeks ago, maybe a tad more, that they're releasing a new competition to the UK grooming circuit next year. So I had to get them on to talk to them about what they have planned and why they're so passionate about the competition industry, as well as hearing their answers in the final questions. Costian and Cheryl have a lot of grooming experience. They have both competed and worked their way up to representing England for the Worlds on our Groom Team England. They were on the team the year that we won. So, whether you are in the salon or at home, listen up, here we go. Hi Cheryl, hi Costin, welcome to Wellbeing for Dog Groomers. Uh, how are you both doing today? I'm all good, thank you Carla. I've got a bit of a cold, so sorry if I sound a bit bunged up and sniffly, apologies. It, so bad. Oh, what about you Costin, have you had a good day? Yeah, thank you very much also for the invite, really appreciate it. Uh, yes, I just fed my little daughter, so now I just just Aww. jump in a bit. If we sort of start by just introducing yourselves a bit. Right, so I am I'm a rescue from Romania. I moved in UK 11 years ago. I have a grooming salon in, and a grooming school in, in Godalming, in Surrey. Um, I opened okay. the school last year. And I've been grooming yeah, 11 years and I've been competing since 2015. Wow, okay. uh, I start I started with a Westie and then I moved uh, to Fox Terriers and Poodles. Lovely. And what about you, Cheryl? So I have been grooming, oh God, 25 years now. So I started way back as a 17-year-old little salon in your village in Surrey. And then 20 years ago, I got my own salon. And... 
that's been running obviously for 20 years then last year I opened a second salon to my craziness um yeah so that's going really well that's in a little town called North Cheam so this is all southwest London I started competing late on in my grooming career so I think it was about 2014 so just before Costi and I am probably best known for my Kerry Blue Terriers when I started out competitions I started with Poodles and Kerrys but then I just carried on with the Kerrys and i just well I say I my mum's just got a fox terrier so I am going to be hopefully learning the art of stripping fox terriers brilliant yeah. that sounds great changing breeds changing breeds changing yeah. breeds always learning and do you like do you like um to keep things fresh and keep learning new breeds love it when a new breed comes in that I've never like we had a pumi in the other day wow. and I'm really excited nervous about it because I thought well I've never groomed one but yeah. it's nice to have something different coming because you get sick of doing the same old, same old. You get bored, do you? You get bored yeah. with the same dogs all over and over. That's yeah. why uh, Sherry's moving to Fox Terriers and I'm moving to Kerry's in the competition. Oh, so, so you're really having a swap about then? Yeah. yeah. I, I think once you achieve how much you want to achieve in this life, you need to change the breed because people will get bored doing the same thing. And I get bored. Yeah. I think Sherry's the same. You know? Yeah, my old boss always said to me, Pick a breed and master it, then move on. Well, I've been doing Kerry's now for nine years. years. Yeah, I need I need a, a new challenge. Yeah, no, it sounds great. I, I like getting new breeds in, and it's quite sort of refreshing to hear that someone who's been grooming as long as yourself and who's sort of like achieved as much as you have in your career that you still get a little bit of the sort of flutters when a new dog comes oh in. God, it's like excitement. You both have sort of mentioned about various different breeds there that you like sort of working with and new ventures. And it's like, it's interesting because you've both obviously spent quite a lot of time in the show ring and around the show ring as well. Can you sort of tell us a bit about like some of the breeds you've worked with in the show ring? So mainly I have only really shown Kerry's. So mm-hmm. Kerry's, I did show my standard poodle. Um, yeah. So he was my first show dog. I'd never shown before I got him. And I really enjoyed it. But poodles are such a hard breed to get into if you don't have a mentor. Okay. Uh, I yeah. knew nobody. This was before I entered any grooming comps. So I was sort of there. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anybody. I recognised faces from grooming competitions that I'd seen online, but I never knew anybody. So I got my mama Kerry. And I just fell in love more with, it sounds terrible, but I fell in love more with the Kerrys and I enjoyed showing the Kerrys more than I did the Poodle. So I picked that as my breed and that's what I stuck to. And what is it you actually really liked about showing the Kerrys? The presentation for me is the best part because obviously Mm -hmm. you can drive four hours to a dog show and be in the ring for three minutes and then pack your stuff up, go home. So (laughs) it's the getting them ready and actually the social side of it. Like I love going there meeting everybody having two hours before you go in the ring to have a chat and catch up with everyone and just all things dog showing related really it's just nice fun it's the social side of it yeah it's getting into with a breed that you like with a group of people that you like and making a day of it really because like-minded people with the same interests yeah it sounds mental when you sort of put it like yeah we drive five hours spend three minutes in the ring that's it done and you sort of think what anyone who doesn't show insane he's like i don't know on these freezing cold mornings and drive all this way i don't know (laughs) you know (laughs) if you can make a day of it it is fun isn't it so that's that's the main thing what about you costin I asked lots of groomers and and, 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 uh, show groomers and competitor groomers and I asked them, I said, 
what do you prefer? And I, everyone says they prefer show than competing. Mm-hmm. It is more fun. It's more relaxing. And also because yep. you groom your dog, you can groom your dog for two months if you want, you know. Yeah. And when you go to grooming competition, you just focus on there. Like you, to, you don't have the time that you have in the show ring. I actually, I don't show, but um, my partner, Kenneth, he used to show our fox terriers. So mm-hmm. we did really, really well with our dogs. I've been to a few shows and actually I really like it. Yeah. And I, I said, once well, our children grow a little bit bigger, I might buy a poodle and I start to show poodles. Oh, lovely. Yeah. We are going to be really nice to see. I'm going to get a poodle soon, apparently. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bloody yeah, hell, everyone's changing it up, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you have My to, no? Desperately want the poodle. Well, Desper- but Cheryl had poodles. Uh, well, you had you started with poodles. I had Cluso, yeah. yeah. And yeah. our house just is not the same without having a great big silly bloody poodle running around. Yeah, they're so you versatile know. as well, aren't they? They are. Yeah. They're the hard best. To, hard to keep, hard to keep, but uh, they're, they're beautiful. They're gentle yeah. also, good with the children. So, and also you can change the style. We can do whatever you want with poodles. So obviously you spent a lot of time around the show ring, Kostin. Like, how do you feel that sort of helps you with your grooming? Oh, a lot. I learned so, so much construction uh, and shape also. So that's why all the time when I say to people, go to a show. If you want to learn shape and construction, go to a show to understand the balance of the dog and everything. Because in a competition, a lot of people, if you're not in champion class, you're an open class, they bring pets, you know, so you don't really understand. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I learned so much. And grooming-wise, you know, I was looking at the uh, show people, how they do the faces of the fox terrier, how they do the legs, you know. It really helped me a lot, a lot. And yeah. I always tell people, go to competition, but also you should go to show dogs. Yeah. And what about you, Cheryl? Yeah, being at the shows, it really does. It helps you. It's not all about grooming. It helps you understand the breed mm-hmm. and what's correct and what's not correct. You get, hopefully, for most people when you're at a show, you'll get under somebody's wing, you'll get mentored. They'll teach you. You'll learn lots of different techniques and then you'll find what's good for you. With the Kerrys, what it done for me to help my grooming career and grooming competitions was it gave me connections that I could then say, could I borrow a dog from this person? Can I borrow a dog from that person? I learned correct coats, incorrect coats. Uh, Prime example, I went to Barcelona last week for a grooming competition and the dog that I rented, he wasn't a show dog and it massively, massively impacted my chances in that ring. He, he was a lovely dog. He mm-hmm. wasn't well bodied and his coat was slightly incorrect. Okay. But he didn't he just didn't understand how to stand properly. And I think when you get to champ level, you need it needs to be a dog that's either on that table all the time or a show dog that knows yeah. how to stand and place its body properly. So it yeah. really it it makes a difference. And if you're serious about competing with a pure breed, I would say get around the show ring. You'll learn yeah. so much. Yeah. And in a way, you can sort of see that at the grooming comps as well, even with the dogs that do show that are on the table, because at the beginning, they're standing up, they're looking like they're ready for action, they're all excited. Yep. But then after sort of two hours in the show ring, waiting for the judge to get around, they're starting to get a bit tired and a bit worn. And you just sort of think, okay, let them rest, let them rest at the last minute. Come on, that bit of energy again, come on. Yeah. Because it makes yeah. such a difference just standing correctly, doesn't to it? To be honest, so, uh, the, the show people like Cheryl, because Cheryl before she started competing she was a show person no Cheryl mm-hmm. is that correct yeah yeah I, I was dabbling in the show world yeah. yeah but Cheryl what she did she brought her quality show dog to the 
grooming competition. So what happened? She left, sorry, lift the, the quality of grooming. Mm -hmm. 15, 20 years ago, you didn't have, you in a champion class, you never had show dogs, never. So it was like, okay. you couldn't win with pets. Now, because of the show people came in the grooming competition world, they lift the, the how do you call it? The standard the, up a bit. Standard yeah. are so high. Now in a champion class, if you don't have a proper stunning dog, it's really hard to win. Yeah, it makes it a lot more difficult. Definitely. Yeah. So I hear that you two are bringing a new competition to the circuit next year. So can you tell us a bit about Groomforia? Why Why did you set it up? What's it all about? Anything you want to tell us? Who wants to start? My boss. Boxy. I let my boss. Let no, my go. boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Carla, every day, every day I get a message about Groomforia and I'm like, what's the year away? Leave off. <laughs> Wait, it's not oh, he's, he's not not a little bit excited, is he? Just a, a little, little, just a tiny a, bit. A little. I'm terrorizer. I'm texting like every day. I have this idea. What do you think? And then like, <laughs> get away, leave me alone. <laughs> like even now today, I was talking with some other people. I was like, I was like, I might should text Cheryl, but I will leave her for two days, and I will text her. <laughs> <laughs> It started actually. What well, it started like we were talking about the competition, didn't you? It was like, oh, it was maybe it was like, like three years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, we was like, we're gonna get a competition, we're gonna call it C and C, like Costi and Cheryl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. C and <laughs> Yeah, I was going to call it CNC, uh, and then uh, and then we call it uh, uh, Window Wonder Groom, and then we That's call cute. it Euro, Euro Groom, was Euro Groom, and then we found Groomforia. I really like Groomforia, it's got a yeah. ring to it, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's fun, it's and I think I'm not saying nothing a lot uh, yet, but I think we'll bring a lot for for the grooming world with this show. Uh, we are because we are competitors, yeah. So we understand as a competitor and also also or organizer what a competitor wants. Mm -hmm. What do you want to come to a competition? You want to win all the time and you want to have good prices. I personally, when I go <laughs> there, I don't want to. I don't want to lose. You know, I I'm a I'm not a bad loser, but I want to win. But when You're I win, competitive. Yeah, I am bloody competitive. Well, listen, <laughs> you go to win. Um, yeah, I understand and when then. you're starting out, you do, you go for feedback. I understand that, but mm -hmm. ultimately, if you're not telling yourself whether you're in beginners, intermediate, open champ, if you're not saying I'm going to win, you're already setting yourself up for a foul. You're going to win, whether mm -hmm. you place or not. You have to have it in your head that you want to win. Yeah. Otherwise, th th there's nothing to drive you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when where... you go, you literally think, right, I've got to walk in with a positive mindset. Oh my God. Part Always. of my getting Always. ready routine almost sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The people like, like the footballers or um, they want to go to the... the athletic people. They don't go like, oh, I'm just going to have fun today. No, they mm -hmm. call for the kill. <laughs> you always say to me because I say that's it I'm not doing any more competitions Cossie's like just go and have fun I'm like Cossie that's never going to happen yeah, I've got so it, much doing it or you're not. oh my god I'm the worst I'm like, I have to win I have to win I have to win and when I don't win I'm, like Cossie said I'm not a bad loser but I kick myself like what could I have done better what could I have changed and like last week in Barcelona I kicked myself because years ago I made a rule don't ever rent a dog don't okay. do it and I did it and now I remind, I remembered why I said don't ever rent a dog. Yeah. Unless you know and you've had your hands on that dog, just don't do it. No, it's not worth so, it. So it sounds like you do put quite a lot of pressure on yourself, even though it sounds it sounds like a really good 
mindset to walk in with because like you say it's not going to benefit you walking in thinking oh how am I going to do how am I going to do but a lot of people probably do walk in the ring like that so it's quite a good tip just to say look so if you're normally going in a bit worried go in and think right I'm going to do my best damn job today you know I'm going to try my damn hardest and hopefully that will be you know recognized So yeah, this, so I think that's a great tip, actually, because it seems such a simple thing to say, but probably I know on myself, I don't think I don't think like that. I get there and I'm excited and I want to do my best, but ultimately I'm looking around thinking, oh, there's so and so over there, they're really good at that. Oh, there's so and so over there, they're really good at that. And just ignore them. Yeah, you get in your own head. You literally you wind yourself up. Uh, mm. now I've learned stay in my lane don't mind your business don't look down the line don't worry what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. you can drive yourself to despair and it sounds so silly but in that first 20 minutes you forget everything you know yeah well I do I mean yeah no I've done that I've got my comb out and just started combing and I thought yeah uh, uh. <laughs> where do I start I can spend an hour on one leg and then I'm like oh my god like hurry up you've got the rest of the dog to do so this examen, we, uh, this examen, we took it and we put it in our competition. So I think because we are so competitive also, we want to create the best show that's possible. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm literally dragging every single day how to become, how to make this show to be so good for everyone. And everyone has to win something. I always say to Charlotte, so if we do it, my love, we should do it the best we can, you know, because we are both competitors. We're best. We always want to do the best, you know. So I said, our show needs to be one of the best. If it's not yeah. the best, but we want to be one of the best. So we, we want to be a show that when people come, they have the best competition they've ever had. And yeah, they they just, like Cosi said, there are prizes for a lot, a lot of people. We're trying to cover all angles so that everyone yeah. maybe has fun, but also has that drive to get back and start competing. I think I really enjoyed that. I want to do it again. I want to do it again. Yeah, it just comes away with actually someone, you know, I did well at that. Yeah. Uh, bring it on. Let's, where's the next one? Let's go. Yeah. So the competition is, uh, where is the competition show? What date is the competition? It is the 16th and the 17th of November, 2024. Brilliant. And where is it? It is at the Royal Court Hotel, which is a Britannia hotel in Coventry. Lovely. Yeah, no, that sounds great. And a two-day show. That's going to. Be- because he was trying to um, <laughs> trying to what's the word? Catch me out there, like don't just she next time at Costi. Not thinking about this until at least January. Like, and let me up. tell you, we have amazing, amazing, amazing deal for the rooms also because you know we go to competition. It's expensive. Uh, rooms yeah. are expensive, and we have an amazing deal for the for the rooms. Like really good deal for the rooms. That's and what we like to hear. Prices. And also we have lots of things that we'll, we'll, like, we'll tell you because I was trying to tell Cheryl like, oh, let's tell people this. And so just wait till next year. Just let this year. We have one year. Like, once, we have- it all away now. And I'm like, everybody, it's exciting for people to have it in stages. Yeah, just a little Otherwise teaser. people lose. Yeah. But what yeah. we're going to hopefully do is, yes, our entries are going to be slightly higher in cost than some of the shows in the UK. Mm-hmm. But... We do believe that actually all shows should be charging that little bit extra because we want to offer something extra for, for your money. So, yeah. yes, we're charging slightly more for entries, but we are also bringing the hotel costs down. Yeah. So it will level itself out, hopefully. Yeah. So where do people follow if they want to know about Groomforia? Where do they go online? So on Facebook, we have a Groomforia Facebook page. 
Yeah. Have they just put the link? Uh, Cosi, do we have an Instagram? I don't think we yes, do. Yes, we have. We have to have Sherry to connect, but we have an Instagram. <laughs> so it will be also an Instagram also. Brilliant. So we can all keep up to date with that. Yep. That sounds really exciting, guys. So, uh, yeah, we thanks are, for actually, the uh, really... yeah. little bit of info you give us there. So moving on to like our final questions. This is more just about the industry in general. What do you find the most rewarding thing about being a dog groomer? And has that changed over time? I would say it's nice when you've turned, it sounds really bad, but like an, an uglier dog into something that represents its breed nicely. It's, yeah. it's nice to be able to make, wave that magic wand. Seeing your customers happy for a job that, yeah. you know, it might not be your best, finest work, but they're happy. That's yeah. rewarding. I think also now, getting later on in my career, I've sort of decided I'm not charging silly money anymore. This is this is my income. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't want to be having to do 30 dogs a day to earn a living. So now oh, I no. put my prices up, do less. So that's rewarding for me because I think actually now I've learned I'm working half as hard as I used to yeah. for the same sort of income. Yeah. Or and even that, more. That's a big thing. Yeah, for more. For more. Yeah. No, I agree with you because I think that it shows that it's a prof- it is a profession. It's yeah, a job where you've had to work that. hard. You've had to learn your trade. Um, if you look at hairdressers, they pay. I mean, often I pay a lot more for my hair to be done than the dogs that come to me. Yet we're doing a very similar sort of job, really. So I will pay seventy pounds to go and have my eyelashes done, mm-hmm. and that takes fifty minutes to an hour. I pay eighty-five. Well, <laughs> you're in Surrey, darling. You've got beautiful eyelashes, Costin. They will pay if the work is good. You know, so... they will pay for you. They will not. They don't actually. You know, me and Cheryl, we have our salons is full of trophies. They don't care what you win. They care your customer service. Yeah. yeah. And that's the reward. The rewarding is you see your business growing every year, see your customers happy, see your customer coming back to you, you know, because sometimes when a, a new room open and I see one of my customers, regular customer leaving, but they're coming back. It's like, oh, see, in the end, I still, I'm yeah. expensive, but I did, I do the quality. Quality is so important, you know? So yeah, the rewarding. And I, it doesn't, I think oh, every year my business is growing and growing and growing. So I'm really happy. And uh, also when you train people, seeing them doing very well in competitions, you know, that's very rewarding. No, it's very yeah. rewarding. Your 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 employees also they improve all the time and and that's all rewarding. No, you don't get bored of this job. This is the thing you never get bored. You know, no, and also, two days have an achievement. Day. Yeah, no, always have an achievement. Something is like makes you happy. You know, like now I'm redecorating my whole shop. Now everything will redecorate and makes me so excited because when a customer comes, I have people coming doing pictures on my in my shop. And that's really? a I was like, yeah, <laughs> because it doesn't look like a grimace alone. You know, it looks amazing. Very yeah. So, yeah. And so what advice would you give your younger self about our work? Don't be cheapy, little monkey. <laughs> listen to your customers. Yeah. Listen to your customers. The golden rule, we have a golden rule. Listen to your customers. If the customer wants long gears, don't touch them. It's not your dog. He goes home. He pays you for that long gears. You don't care. Even the style looks horrible. You yeah. don't care. If he's happy, you're happy. Your business is happy. And also, yeah. I have another one. Happy employees, happy business also. Yeah. So I said to myself, what <laughs> I don't so, like to be done, I don't do to, to my employees and my customers. Right, yeah. I would also say to myself as a younger groomer, look after yourself. Go for their massages once a month. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Oh, I wish I'd wore a mask maybe from a younger age because obviously now I have that worry. Oh my God, am I going to get that groomer's lung? Am I going to get... So I get moments of panicking about that sort of thing. Healthy. Look after yourself. Look after yourself. And I would say most importantly about looking after yourself, even if you don't feel like you're aching, go for their massages once a month. Just do it because your back ultimately is going to determine how long you can carry on grooming for. Yeah, it's exactly like another piece of, it's like just another piece of equipment, really, isn't it? You maintain your dryer, you maintain your clippers. Yeah. Um, I I have to go to the osteopath once a month. If I don't, then I know about it. Yeah. So charge your worth from the off. There's no point going, oh, well, I've only just started out, so I'll I'll be half price to the groom up the road. No. Yeah. I understand people's way of thinking. They can't be as expensive as so-and-so up the road who's been grooming 30 years. But that groomer up there at 30 years has probably got staff in there that have been grooming two years. So, yeah, fair you know, point, actually. Or even that 30 years groomer, he never been to a seminar. So you yeah. might be better than him, you know? Just mm-hmm. because you have experience here. I have people coming to train with me and they have like 15, 20 years and they say, oh, I want to do four dogs with you. So I do four dogs and the level is like, oh my God, we're expecting something else, you know? So just because yeah. you have experience, that doesn't mean you can be, you know, a, a, yeah. a groomer learns much more now than uh, 30 years ago, like when Cheryl used to groom with the uh, kitchen scissors because she's very old. <laughs> so don't sell yourself short, basically. That's yeah, the, never, the main never. It doesn't bit. matter for a beginner because yeah. I started very cheap at the beginning and it was really hard for me to sell. Even now I feel I'm cheap, you know? Mm-hmm. I do you know, I wish I'd started competing all those years ago because I'm nine years into competitions. Really, I should be 19 years into competitions. I never had the drive or the passion for it way back then. I was just quite happy to be the pet groomer up the road. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like, oh, my God, I'm getting older quick. I, I wish I'd done this years ago. So if competing is something that someone out there is thinking about doing, don't put it off. Just go do it because yeah. you have more years at it. Then it's nice. It's a good, fun hobby to have. And yeah. that is what it is at the end of the day. I think as long as you keep it as a hobby, don't let it take over your life. Some no. people do, unfortunately, let it take over their life. And then we find that they become disconnected from reality. You know, they, it yeah, takes... they focus too much on that. Yeah. It's so easily done, isn't it? I think me and yeah. Cheryl were sort of saying this sort of earlier on when we first logged on that I'd, I'd sort of said that I'm now doing a good spread of shows across the circuit um, and I'm doing a handful of dog shows here and there and not... I'm not submerging myself in all of them because sometimes it can become a bit suffocating. Yeah. So it's picking yeah. out the ones that are important to you, giving yourself and just the best of your hobby rather than stretching yourself thin and yeah. spoiling it for yourself. They do help thing. you. They do help you. Like they, they made me who I am today, this competition, to be honest. Yeah. But also it, they, it can get you to depression. It really if can. the fun stops, then stop yeah. as the gambling thing says, because it is an addiction at the end of the day. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I've never really thought about it like that before. But you're right, it is. Because once you've done yeah, it's, that totally is. Yeah, you, <laughs> oh, my God. It's especially so when you when you start to compete for the points to become Groom Team England. I'm telling you, that's depression. That's when it yeah. makes you feel. Oh, my it God. Does. It, does it does make you. And I'm not saying for people don't do it. I, I do it in a heartbeat. But the years and the hours and the days I missed of my children because I was chasing points, I think mm-hmm. they are... No, listen, we won the world. So for me, yeah, paid totally off tenfolds over. I have something to say to my children. This is why I was at 
all these competitions. Mummy wasn't here because I was doing this. And now I'll go down in history. But it can take your life over, you know. So yeah, you, so you just be a good balance. sort of remember to check in with yourself yeah. and just keep your feet on the ground a bit as such in between. So yeah. Just remember to keep to who you are and don't lose yourself in it sort of thing. Yeah, sure. um, yeah as much as much fun as it is. Um, yeah. Just remember to check in every so often. Like know, I love dogs, I love dog grooming, but it's not my life. I also like to talk about other things other than dogs. Whereas some people, yeah. dog, 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 and I think, oh my god, I can't. Do <laughs> I can't do this conversation about dogs all day, every day. So, what would you say in our industry um, affects our mental health the most? I think a lot of people have been cheap. People they don't get enough money because they're cheap and they get mm-hmm. depressed. They go to these schools, they pay five, six thousand pounds, expecting making so much money when you go and work for yourself. And then mm-hmm. reality go because uh, next door you have five groomers that are like 30 quid. And then mm-hmm. you can't put your prices up to 30. And then you have to do 20 bloody dogs for to have a living. And I know a lot of people and I see on groups, you know, it's like, uh, oh, what do you do? Because I can't I can't cope with this, you know. And yeah. people say and I have people come in and say, look. It's not enough to love dogs to be a dog groomer. No. Dog groomer can destroy you. Like literally your health, your mental health, you know. So you need to be really strong, you know. Like Cheryl said, if she was younger, should I be expensive? Be more expensive than don't care about it. I have so many people now. I really don't look on like all my um, competitors that in my area. I don't mm-hmm. look at the Facebook because I really don't care. I focus on my business and how to yeah. get my business to grow. Because if I go there and I look, oh my gosh, she's, oh, and I can see all my customer there, I get depressed, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I don't look at any of the businesses in my area, not business pages. Exactly. But, you know, fellow I competitors I follow online, but certainly not who's been to what business and how much exactly. what costs. That's just it's too much. My brain can cope with all that. Media can really affect your mental health because we're looking at other people's grooming all the time and thinking, Oh, God, they're so good. Why can't I be like that? We have to bear in mind, some of those grooms have taken somebody four hours. We don't have that long in a yeah. No. And also, some people, <laughs> unfortunately, find the need to Photoshop. And mm-hmm. it's false expectations. So don't be so hard on yourself. Don't put that pressure on yourself that every groom that goes out your salon has to be show quality. It doesn't. No. It's a pet. As long as that customer is happy and it's not got half the tail long, half the tail short, you've not missed half the leg or whatever. Yeah. Just don't apply that pressure to every single groom that comes in your shop. Obviously, if you have a, if you specialise in a breed and this person's coming to you because they want this photo, they want it to yeah. look like this, and you feel like you can do it, then great. If you can't, just pass them on to the next group. Just say, it's not for me. It's yeah, not definitely. worth making yourself have sleepless nights dreading a dog coming in. Also, no. it's, it's the quality of the dog, the, the the texture of the coat and things like that. So it's a lot of factors. Uh, but I do agree. A lot of, I know a lot of influencers that they stay on the dog like two and a half hours or even they go, um, they put their pictures and videos. They, you know, they do the video and then they, re, they do the, the groom like three times, you know, and then people say, oh my God, I want to be like him. I say, yeah, but I, in my salon, I can make money. Unachievable. Yeah, no, that's what that's why that's why it's very important. Don't look at anyone, just focus on your work. If your customer is happy, your yeah, your customer's happy, your customer come one. back, come and recommend you. That's an achievement again, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um could you give us an example of a time that you feel that you've learned from a mistake? Um, do you want to go first, Cheryl? 
<laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I've learned from a mistake. Uh, a, oh, I know uh, one. Petition, too much coat took in and didn't stupidly didn't check my dog thoroughly at the very end. And I had a tangle and I mean, it was a small tangle in the mm-hmm. armpit, but it cost me dearly. I would say in the salon, I can't think. I'll think, ask Costi and then I'll come back. I'll be thinking. <laughs> Listen to your customers. It's so important to them. Even, you know, you put your stamp, but also you always need to think what the customer wants. And yeah, I learned, because sure. I learned a lot of customers. I was like, oh, he was giving me the advice what he wants me to do with the dog. But I was like, oh, but I'm the stylist, you know, like I don't like this ears or cut the ears or the tail. And they, you can see their face. You can see their faces when, like, you know, when they love. It's like, oh, it's amazing, oh, yeah. But yeah. Like, yeah, you know. And I was like, and I never saw him, so I learned. You know. Yeah, it's also, interesting you say that because you actually said earlier about if the customer wants long ears, leave the ears long. Do you know what I mean? That so yeah, that obviously yeah. is something that you really did learn and sort of you've carried forward with you. Go on, Cheryl. Um, what was he going to say? Well, you know, like when they go, <laughs> you have a customer come in, you go, right, what do you want them? What do you want us to do? Oh, just take him short. Some people make the mistake again. Oh, okay, seven F. No, yeah. don't do that. Say <laughs> you mean short, short? Like I say, short like a staffy, or yeah. do you mean short like three inches of hair? And they're like, oh yeah. god, you no, know, don't shave him. You think well, an unsuspecting, inexperienced groomer could have just gone, okay, shave that dog no, off. Always check and double check again. And if the husband is bringing the dog, ring the wife because. <laughs> That's the boss. I always call the wives. I always call the wives. I always say, let me call your boss first. And then, yeah, (laughs) that's true. I always say, I can take more off, but I can't put more on. So I'd rather leave a haircut longer and have them ring me up in two days' time and say, can you take it a bit shorter? Then take it short and never see them again. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say, since your time in the industry, has been the best change that you've seen? I would say... There's so much more accessible learning out there. When I started, we didn't have seminars and there was probably two or three grooming competitions a year. There's there's so much more out there now that groomers can go within, you know, an hour's radius of wherever you live. There'll be something somewhere that yeah. somebody can learn from, whether it's, you can learn on webinars nowadays. Me personally, mm-hmm. I prefer to learn in person. Me too. What you can do, but... There is definitely more accessible learning aids out there. Yeah. And products and tools that you never had before. You know, yes. you, you are so blessed with so many products and tools now. Yeah. That make your life so easy now in the salons. That's that's one that actually nobody no one has yet said that, Costin. And I think that's a really good point. The amount of um, like you say, sprays and different types of shampoos, different types of conditioners, different types of brushes, different types of coats, different it always changing, isn't it? When I started grooming 25 years ago, we had right-handed scissors, straights, and some thinners, and maybe some mm-hmm. little tiny scissors. Like fast scissors. I was really lucky. I come from a salon where he competed all around the world, and I had we had cordless clippers, we had comb attachments, I had a cabinet dryer. All those years ago, we had it all. But mm-hmm. you'd be surprised at the amount of groomers have been grooming for as long as I have that never had comb attachments and so I am left-handed but I use right-handed scissors and years ago we never had left-handed scissors so I always I've always used right-handed but nowadays it's at the tips of groomers hands you know they've got they've got left-handed straights they've got left-handed chunkers they've got left-handed curves they've got left-handed thinners they have them all so 
they're so lucky nowadays that they're it, and do you do you use left-handed scissors now now they're available no um i can but i have to yeah. it was silly but i really have to concentrate because what i do when i scissor is i pull my thumb i pull the scissor towards me with my thumb whereas right. when i have correct left-handed scissors I don't have to. I can scissor how you would scissor. Very yeah. light, moving my thumb up and down. And that's yeah. a really hard habit to break. So I have to really concentrate on not pulling the blade. Otherwise, it, it the scissors just Unless won't work. Unless scissor up, yeah. 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 And so what do you think still needs to change in our industry? Kindness. Like, groomers need to be kinder to each other. Stop. I understand. It's an industry like hairdressing. You're always going to get that. Well, I suppose it's in all everyday life. You're going to get that bitchiness that you know mm -hmm. sniping behind people's backs but there's no need for it no be, be that groomer that you're approachable you you can smile at people you know mm -hmm. just be nice it's yeah. fine so sorry i have i have an emergency yeah, I can hear that's okay he's like he's like look he's not a lady girl oh hello <laughs> yeah you know i met at the beginning of my career i met some like you know people that i saw on facebook on 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 youtube you know when when you start you go on youtube and you look at, at the at the grooms and like that you know and you learn and when i met him i wish you never met them you know because they were so arrogant so like up into like nose you know i was like i said just be nice you know my money yeah made it who you are you know because i'm come to your seminar and you are so arrogant you know, mm. how do you like to relax when you're away from grooming? What do you like to do to unwind? Relax? Mm -hmm. Here. <laughs> this is my relaxation. <laughs> Look, that's my relaxation. Hello. I've been there. I've been there. Thankfully, mine have grown up a little now and they don't harass me so badly. Aww. But yeah, it's all about kids. I love being with my kids in my relaxation time we have a um caravan like a static like the coast. We go down there something. every weekend yeah. yeah that's our relaxation i get in the car on friday we head down the coast and that's it i love it it's so that's Sounds my fabulous situation. yeah it's nice brilliant oh well thank you both so much for coming on it's been really fun talking to you both well, thank um, you for having us it's been fun oh no thank you for coming on thank, thank you, you so much. much i really and, appreciate it um, yeah it's nice to have you costin I'll let you get on with your evening. And lovely. I'll see you have later. a lovely Christmas. And you I'll see you Happy in the new, new year. year. Yeah, All right. Brilliant. A lovely, lovely Christmas. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. What a nice chat. There were a few things there that really stuck in my head from that conversation. Charge your worth. Keep trying and learning new things to stop you getting bored. Listen to your customers and take care of your body. Oh, yeah. And walk in a competition ring with a positive head. Also, I'd never thought of competition grooming as an addiction before, but I can totally see what Cheryl means. You definitely feel the adrenaline walking in the ring, the dopamine buzz when you finish, and you're left wanting more. I personally can't wait to get back out there next year. I'm fed up with the dark nights and the dull weekends. I can't even get out in the garden because it's so wet and cold. Anyway, I really enjoyed speaking with Cheryl and Costin. They're really good at what they do, but they're also very down-to-earth, friendly and helpful. And that's the way that it should be. Once again, I hope you're all coping with December. It's an easy time of year to feel exhausted, physically drained and mentally drained. And then it's easy to get on a downer, especially when you have things going on outside of work or if you're dreading the C word for whatever reason. 
Next week, I will be concentrating more on the Christmas rush in the salon with Rich Smith. We will be trying to help with tips where we can and share our own personal Christmas experiences in the salon. So, until next week, take care of yourself. Cheerio.